Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about wing foiling and the lifestyles of those who enjoy this great sport. Oh, I don't know. When you're looking to the right, you kind of look like Drake. The left, I don't know. I, I got, I'm saying this way, right, right, man. Right? This is yeah, like, yeah, I think it's the way. lineup on the beer. So I just noticed that now. So thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, All right, Maximus. Thanks for joining. <laughs> it's been a minute, man. Especially with Tom. With Tom, it's been like feels like it's been like years. Dude, I don't know when the last time we talked. It's been way, way, way too long. It's like the beginning of wing foiling. I swear, that's when we talked last. Back, back in the days like. when Max was making fun of wing foilers. I still am, man. <laughs> still am, man. <laughs> Man, there's some great story between uh, our dynamic, I think, with this. Because, totally. like, literally, man, it's like starts with Tom being like, you know, Max, like, it's the future. I'm like, man, why? Why is it the future? Why? I understand. <laughs> it doesn't do it anything better so than anything weird. else. And look, look where we are now. Look where we are now. Yeah, it, it literally does everything better than everything else <laughs> <laughs> oh my god crazy. Hey, yeah man you're awesome. a super og and i was like tom you're insane man you know what you're talking about this ain't it get it. this ain't it get, just get a your board man you just get it going <laughs> So is t- I guess Tom, you're the reason Max is on the pro tour right now. Is that, is that what we're hearing? Oh yeah, there you go. I'll take all the credit for that. Nothing to See? do with his good looks and, and sustainability. No, no, <laughs> no. Well, Tom was the first one. I mean, I don't know if you guys have talked about this in the podcast already, but Tom was like the first one to to basically win, like within the the like the Eastern, I don't know, the Great Lakes community. Like, he was the first one really, like, winging a lot, I would say. I think I started in, I want to say 2018. I might be off on that in 2019, but I think it was 2018. And that was, like, when the first, first year when things were launching, it was impossible to get wings uh, unless you got prototypes or lived on Maui. And we ended up getting a prototype duotone and a huge Fanatic Sup with like a really big uh oh no we didn't even have a foil with it i think we were riding the wind foil like the infinity 84 or something like that and that's what we rode for the for midsummer i want to say 2018 to the end of that and then um uh, 2019 rolled around and no so it would have been 2019 sorry yeah it would have been 2019 and then there was covid that showed up uh and then obviously all winter nothing nothing was happening for us because it was all frozen and then when spring showed up, there was zero gear. Nothing was available. Uh, it was mm. impossible to get anything, uh, especially anything wing-related. And somehow managed to get some demo wings. And yeah, as Max was saying, I was like, I was riding a wind foil board, which was in a, um, a Wizard 125 at the time, which was just huge. Like it was just not the right board for for where I was at with winging. And I managed to find a used um, little surf board. It was like 40 liters or 45 liters or something like that. 
And I just remember the first session I had on that board, it was maybe 20 or 25 knots. And I was basically immediately up on my feet. And I was like, holy smokes, this thing is going to be nuts. And yeah, I think as Max was saying, it was just like, I, nobody else was winging. So it just looked like everybody was looking at me like, who is this guy? Like, what, what's the deal here? Like, it looks so dumb. Like, he just keeps swimming and getting washed by waves and trying to launch places he shouldn't be launching. And it's like, what is his deal? And then slowly it kind of started to catch on. <laughs> but, but that uh, session, yeah. that session on that 40 liter kite foil board, correct me if I'm wrong, was at Sandbanks, no? Like our go-to spot for wave riding. I had, I think I had one or two sessions before that on that board at Champlain not a kite foil board so it had a little bit of length which is really good if that had been a kite foil board I, I'm not sure I would have been able to to be as successful as quickly but uh the first first session I had on it I it was just basically quite windy on Lake Champlain and really flat and it just worked it was amazing <laughs> it's like a total mind-blowing moment and that's when you knew him and then we were still doubters for like two more years. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, it's like, I just like, at that point, I just didn't understand why. I'm just like, man, like it's 20 knots. Like, why don't you go windsurfing? Why aren't you windsurfing? Like, because the waves have no power, man. And I want to actually ride the waves. That's why I'm not windsurfing. Hey, yeah, no, I get that. And that's how it started. Yeah, Tom, you got me into it. For sure. And I think what's the really cool thing about this sport, and, and we have said this before, but it's that it, it's made, you know, mediocre conditions super accessible and super fun for just everybody. And it's so easy to launch with compared to a kite foil, so much easier to deal with than a wind foil that has so much range. It's just you don't need to think about it. You always put basically the same board, the same foil, the same wing, and you just go and have fun. And it's mm -hmm. and that that's really what got me at first. I, I totally remember in the early in the early days being like, you know, launching and always riding the same gear and having windsurfers spend half their time, you know, deciding if it's gonna be four two or four five or is it gonna oh no, actually the wind went down, it's gonna be four seven. And like, guys, just go sail. But it, it's, it doesn't, um, you know, the windsurfing just doesn't have the same range and neither does kite surfing. So, yeah, I think that was a, was a huge eye opener for me and what was possible with it. And I'm actually really sad that I kind of skipped town before things got interesting wing wise because there's so many people doing it now and it's such a cool community. I got a little taste of it when I was back in the Great Lakes a year ago, but. Uh, yeah, no, it looks like fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It's like the old windsurfing community that was always traveling to like Shirkston or Sandbanks. But now it's, you know, three quarters of them are wingers. Um, and then there's more people as well, which is cool. I think it's definitely, there's definitely quite totally. a bit more people uh, now like hitting those spots. And, you know, obviously with John Vu as the catalyst, uh, <laughs> you know yeah so much energy so it's amazing like people so on the water you know, and it's minus two man it's crazy like dude they're, they're riding right now yeah like it's uh the, the season doesn't end there now 
I think that's really, really cool. So, uh, yay, global warming. We love it. I still don't have a February <laughs> day. <laughs> I don't have a February day back home still. But, um, and like, yeah, everybody, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, Chuck, John, all these guys that are just after it literally every single day. It's uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I think that's actually a really cool segue. Maybe you can tell us where you are, Max, and like what are you up to now? Because you've come a long way from being a really, really, really good windsurfer and laughing at wingers. And now you're a really, really good winger and still laughing at wingers. So <laughs> what are you up to these days? Yeah, well, right now I'm in Mexico. Um uh like I'm training for the next GWA stop uh in New Zealand. And um like, I don't even know where to be. That's where I am now, but where it begins, I guess, is still with Tom. Tom for being an absolute kook. Why aren't you windsurfing, man? Why aren't you like trying to wave ride in like 20 knots? Like, what's what the hell is wrong with you? And then I'm just like, okay, well, now it's time to try the sport myself. Um, no, but I mean, uh, when I started, it was actually in Tenerife. So like uh, it was one of the last nice. days I was there in Tenerife doing a duotone clip, actually a clinic for Vincent uh, Lindhair. I don't know how to say his last name correctly. Um, in Tenerife uh, for a bunch of people from Quebec. And so um, I did a windsurfing cl clinic, um, two different clinics over the span of two weeks. And then uh, the second last day before I was supposed to leave to come home, um it was really light wind and uh, i think our clinic had ended and i just tried it out for the first time and i was like i don't understand why i would ever do it <laughs> i mean like i i, I went out, i i went out fell came back fell went out fell came back fell and i was like oh man it's really hard to jive and i walked up to one of the guys that uh, had done it a few times before one of the pro solemn guys that trained in tenerife and he's like i asked him how long it took him to learn how to jive and he said one day so i was like i have to learn how to jive now so i went upstairs <laughs> <laughs> i went straight up to uh where we were staying went on youtube like just like watched a bunch of videos on how to make how to how to jive and i figured out how to jive um that same day which i was super stoked on and then I came in and I'm like, well, if he learned how to jive day one, I have to learn how to tack. So um, the next day, <laughs> I, I tried a couple of tacks, but didn't figure out how to tack. But it was just like, I was like, oh, it's actually like, you know, this is like if you can win foil, it felt pretty intuitive, right? Um, so that was the beginning. And then I didn't do it. I didn't do it for like six months after that. Like so it was like six, seven months. I just didn't touch it after that trip. I'm just going to put a little parenthesis here for people that don't know you, Max, but um, realistically, normal human beings don't drive on the first day winning. <laughs> Max is a pro windsurfer. He was doing an Olympic campaign at the time or just before. He had a ton, ton, ton of experience when foiling. Um, and that's kind of, I think, what got you, you know, that much success early on. And I think that's what helped Luke uh, so quickly as mm -hmm. well and myself as well is like a good solid foundation of windfoiling that really went a long way especially um windsurf wave foiling that's so predominant in the great lakes mm -hmm. yeah well yeah i mean uh, we had you know you myself uh luke we all had quite a bit of time on the foil already mm -hmm. um, just kind of felt like 
I just it just felt like a looser wind wind windfoil really like there just was no mast you know connecting totally. the, the our power source to our boards and uh, so I just had to be a little bit more agile I guess um, through the transitions but it came it came pretty quick and um, yeah like I was saying I just didn't touch it for like six seven months um, until I actually um, sprained my ankle super bad trying to do uh, a push loop windsurfing which is basically just a backflip. Um, so then when I sprained my ankle, I could barely put any weight on it. Um, I talked to Balls Mueller a little bit um, about, you know, he, he had an injury that was really similar. Hopefully you guys get him on the podcast one day because he's a, he's an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing stoked. He's human. super cool, yeah. Yeah, and um, he's like, yeah, man, like strapless, strapless foiling of any sorts is the way to go. Um, so that's when I started doing, um, some strapless wind foiling. And then on top of that, it was right at the period when silent sports, who's a, a shop sponsor from Toronto, were like, well, we need somebody to start promoting this, this sport that nobody does. It's <laughs> <was> like, uh, <laughs> okay, like let's go, you know? So, um, they helped, they sent me over with some gear and we did a bunch of drone shoots, um, in the early days of when they were first getting their first waves of, of equipment. And uh, yeah, so that's when I started. I was just doing a bunch of strapless uh, wing foiling around the Great Lakes. We were shooting, you know, once or twice a week. Um, and, uh, and then finally, as I started to get healthier, is when they got that Quat Show wing drifter, which was like the OG. Oh. It was like a pretty premium board at the time. And um, uh yeah. And uh, it had straps. But <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I have to like start trying jumps and things like that. And I was, um, you know, my and um, my foot was starting to feel a little bit healthier and it still seemed easier on my body um, than Windsor freestyle for sure. Um, so then I, you know, was doing a few jumps on that board. Like one day I learned how to rally and then the next they, you know, like 360s, air jobs, like the first moves that you would learn doing jumps. And um, so... I was going to say, it felt like within like a day you were doing tricks. Like you weren't jumping, you were doing tricks within a day. I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly like, I think what was critical in in the early days of like doing the freestyle was just the bigger board and like not being afraid of the bigger foil as well. I mean, a lot of people, maybe they sway away from it because it can be, you know, a lot of weight uh, underneath your feet, a lot of weight on the ankles, but I was really used to, you know, windsurfing, which is obviously relatively heavy equipment and it didn't feel any, like any more weight underneath my body than that. Um, So, you know, the big board made it a lot easier to make mistakes and to get going again, big being 115 at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the, I use the Neopride medium slim foil. Uh, mm-hmm. that's like 1250, I think, you know, short mast and, um, just, yeah, just was like, okay, like let's start hawking and see what happens. And, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it came pretty quick. It came pretty quick. Um, I had like a, yeah, so that Quattro Wing Drifter 115, like a fi- the five meter 
um like a five meter wing from starboard like their og one the air rush one and yeah. it was like yeah it was uh <laughs> yeah it just started to come pretty quick and that's right so anyways like after a couple of sessions on that gear went down to shirkston shores actually i think i was about to get back into windsurfing but it was just like too light for five two it was like just too light for five two windsurfing but it was like <laughs> still pretty proper windy and i brought the wing gear with me and then uh, adam wakoyak was there who was also always doing a lot of footage with myself and um so i had that 115 the medium slim the the starboard five meter wing and it was like my first time really doing like big rail like it was like really the first day doing rallies um and uh some like big 360s in front of the camera even tried like the rad 360 move uh and he was filming all of it and so i got all that footage and i was able to make a little reel out of it and that's when um the brand manager wyatt uh from slingshot reached out and he's like hey man like looks like you're kind of learning pretty quickly do you want to get on the team and i was like uh yeah i'm all in man like that sounds super cool <laughs> i never really expected to you know my first um professional contract to be with winging but yeah let's let's go for it <laughs> let's see where where this goes um and at the same time it was um you know, after that happened, it was kind of like, a, you know, when it rains, a pour sort of effect. Um, so the same thing happened uh, with Cabrina and the same thing happened with North and Mystic at the same time. So oh, I had beautiful. to weigh, uh, yeah, yeah. So I had to weigh a couple of different contract offers. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, Slingshot was the right fit for sure. And uh, I've been with them now for like two and a half years, I think, almost two two years and a bit and uh yeah it's like the opportunities just keep keep growing with this sport like i never expected from those days of being on like the refoyer 125 liter no straps like having no idea why anybody would do it because it just didn't do anything better to me to like you know, <laughs> you know jump three times as high as i can on a windsurfer and two backflips and front flips and stuff like that like it just it seems really surreal like i did not expect this at all and uh yeah i have to uh apologize to tom for chirping him so much it's <laughs> like man this sport makes no sense at all but um yeah here we are says the pro winger yeah here we are <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's all good, dude. We trip each other all over. It's Not all good. It's yeah. the point. Super fun, yeah. Yeah, but that that's, that's so it. cool, though. So you, how many um uh competitions have you done at this point? Like, I can't keep track. I feel like you're you've gone to a bunch of them at this point now. Yeah, it's um. So the first one I ever did was the cut in twenty uh twenty one. Um, so that was like a, yeah, now just, uh, like, what is that a year and a half, the almost like almost two years. It was like April of 2021. So it's just coming up in two months. Almost two years ago. Yeah. yeah almost two years. is crazy. Huh. Um, and yeah, so I did that one, then Tarifa. And then last year I did the entire tour. So in 2021, I did two events, uh, France and Tarifa. Um, and then 
in 2022. Uh, the tour had, I believe, five events with France, um, Switzerland, Lanzarote, um, Tarifa, and uh, Brazil. So that's seven events in total. Um, and uh, yeah, like, like, like I said, the next one's in New Zealand. Epic. Yeah, wow. it's like... I mean, every single event level gets hired too. And it's just like, you know, it, it really is something where you have to be fully committed if you want to be able to keep up now. So mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, I remember that first yeah. in France, it was like, it's like a handful of guys could land their 360s, man. Like it was, the level was so low. Like, and, um, you know, everybody was charging. Everybody was super stoked at the time. But now it's, um, you know, everybody who's kind of in that, you know, in that top tier group, uh, you know, that's what they're doing. I would say, like, if they're on the water and they're like a water sports athlete, like that, you know, it's it's the one sport that they're probably doing. And maybe they might be doing their old sport like five or 10 percent of the time. But, um, you know, most of these guys and girls are are like yeah they're all in now you kind of have to be so yeah you kind of have to be and i mean as you're saying it just it blew up so fast especially the freestyle um and aerial aspect of it like i that totally blindsided me like to me i, I didn't see that happening at all and it's just it's, it was you know it went from 360s and six months later everybody's back flipping and it's like mm -hmm. how did this happen like so crazy and I, I, you could totally see it watching those early events. Like as you're saying, people were, you know, a 360 was like, whoa, that's a good move. And now uh, I can't even keep track. You're doing at minimum doubles, no, as like a kind of standard level. Yeah, for a like, high end. I think. Well, now they cut the tour from 48 to 32 athletes that can have a seat at an event, uh, and like all okay. those 32 athletes, like I would say. You know, if it's a surf freestyle event that has a lot of applications, I would say at least half of those people are doing 720s, like you're saying. Like, and um, yeah, and now it's like, and uh, uh, not just sevens, but like you're saying backflips, front flips uh, as well are like becoming a standard move. And it's mm. like, okay, like what's next, you know? And <laughs> And I didn't expect it either. That's why, I mean, for me, like that was the reason why I was like, why, why would I want to do this? Like, it's not, it's not, it's not like windsurf freestyle, which I could, could do in, you know, 15, 16 knots. And I was super stoked on and still am, but um, it's, um, but yeah, it's like, but once the freestyle, so like you or everybody was stoked on the wave riding, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. But, you know, I'd rather just go freestyle windsurf maybe like you know hack a couple of wags in my freestyle windsurf gear mm -hmm. and then once the freestyle of this sport started to explode and you know there was sensations beyond like a single rotation 360 for for example uh, that's when i think the stoke for myself and i think a lot of the athletes that, that do it now um it started to, to rise up and a lot of it was like innovation and gear too like in the beginning let's be honest like the gear really wasn't there for for a lot of the moves um at least across yeah. multiple brands like maybe a few of the brands um had you know had the carbon foils had the smaller uh more compact boards um but like for most of the brands now that's pretty pretty recent 
I would say. So, what were you gonna yeah, say? Yeah, that's pretty recent that it's standard. I mean, and and early on, I don't think anybody, no brand, had uh, a board that was small enough with foot straps and a carbon foil and a wing all together. Like you definitely had to, as you're saying, kind of pick and choose between different brands and. Even then, I don't think the boards existed. I think the only company that was really making small boards early on was F1, and they didn't have foot straps. Um, yeah, so. I remember the foot straps in the beginning. Like, and I think yeah. that's like the market just that the market didn't know where it was going to go. Uh, I guess I don't yeah. know. You know, like we, you know, when I got sponsored initially, like I, um, there was a ride engine prone foil board that I, I started. I was supposed to start with at 35 liters. Like there was, it was, that was all we had. <laughs> so yeah. I ended up letting, uh, so that was end up being uh, the board that I gave to Jeremy. He's a teammate of mine, but he's now he's focusing on big air kiting, but you know, he, yeah, like it's um, yeah. And then we've, now we have a, a full line, like every size uh, of board that you could possibly need to be able to, um, you know, to be able to do freestyle in winging as well, or wave riding with straps or whatever. But yeah, even when I started, it wasn't like that. You know, the mm-hmm. line just didn't exist. <laughs> so. Totally, it, it went fast. It went really fast. Yeah. And you have access to everything. Just do you guys like? How does that kind of component of it work for all all of you riders? Do they just bring all the equipment? Do you guys get to kind of swap, try all the stuff all the time, or? Are you talking about here in Mexico now? Like as I'm testing or as you're training or yeah, like I, I, for a lot of us, we have no idea how that pro world works. Could you give us maybe a bit of a, a bit of a peek behind the curtain? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll tell you what it's like here in Mexico. And then you, if you want to ask me questions about like um, the equipment that I, I'm allocated and stuff like that, just let me know. But um, sure. here in Mexico, like, for instance, uh, Wyatt has um, a resort called Pro Wind Surf Lab Antana. We joke because I'm pretty sure that that D is going to be replaced with a G pretty soon. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so like we, um, so now um, it's basically Slingshot's winter headquarters when it comes to testing equipment. So during the summer, everybody is in Hood River, Oregon. It's um, you know. Uh, um, a lot of people listening to this probably know the gorge which is the the columbia river gorge super windy there and slingshot has their headquarters literally right beside um right beside the river and it blows you know like close to 30 knots from i don't know like basically all year but it's more sailable. regularly yeah yeah from june to like october um or may to october and then during the winter a lot of the the people from Slingshot headquarters, they come here to um to La Ventana, Mexico. Um and so on the water, uh sorry, um, so basically in just down right beside the water, uh Wyatt has all of his gear, like all the equipment from basically all the years that Slingshot's been, you know, making foil boards uh just on racks. Uh, as well as foils in his garage um and so uh and also all the prototypes and stuff that people are um hoping to test down here that stuff is just brought down uh by the um by 
by like some of the engineers uh, or uh, just team riders that are staying in Hood River. And we just basically swap the equipment out, test everything. Like, um, for instance, uh, we have a bunch of new front wings that we needed testing, a bunch of new wings that we needed testing, um, hand wings and foil front wings. I know it gets confusing with everything being called a wing now. But um, yeah, yeah, so that's kind of the process we're going through right now uh, this winter. And so um, definitely like, like, I mean, not even trying to plug it like the new gear is really great um and so i'm super stoked about uh what's coming from from kind of our our, our new equipment uh that will be coming out next okay. um next fall um but that's just kind of how it is like yeah, and i think that's how the cycle works here every year so people are testing in the hood river um throughout the summer um and then once it cut and it's always just working on new things, new things, new things. Um, and it really doesn't stop there. I think they're typically working about two, two and a half years ahead. So like if we're, you know, once 23, 23 hits, they're think they're working on 2025 summer, you know? So okay. it's, um, yeah, so we're not, that stuff not, not isn't necessarily being tested at that point. Like a lot of the time, if it's, let's say it's 2023, you're testing 2024. But um, what they're working on is, you know, two and a half, three years ahead a lot of the time. So okay. And yeah. so you're you're doing this pretty much full time then, like like throughout the year because you did all of 2022. Um, mm. How much time was allocated to all of your kind of responsibilities? I guess for this cool job. Yeah. So my job is a little interesting uh, beyond actually just being uh a competitor on the tour like that was so I, my contract this year has me uh, allows me to attend most of the events on tour which is awesome and that's where i'm putting most of my focus okay um, but i'm also here doing a little bit of testing um well actually a lot of testing um but and then on top of that i'm uh, also um, media managing slingshot wing and the slingshot wing team so okay. everybody who cool. is the team rider, um, basically just, you know, I I work with everybody to make sure that the content's on point. We schedule our posts. Everybody's posting on different days. We're not um, basically clumping, um, clumping the gram with the, the same thing. Um, so we, uh, yeah, so that's, it's a really cool job because ultimately it's just basically just working with all, the, all of our team, getting everybody and like being stoked with everybody about their new content and their new moves and, um, you know, resharing posts and making sure that, you know, Slingshot Wing is is seen uh, as much as it possibly can be. And that's, that's like, for me, it's just, it felt like organic to take on the role. And um, when I proposed the idea to, to my, the brand manager, Wyatt, he was like, yeah, like, you know, it makes a ton of sense. Let's go. Um, and so it's, it's been pretty seamless so far. I mean, we're like two weeks in, so it's, it's pretty early days now. It's pretty but, fresh. Uh, pretty fresh, but everybody's <laughs> yeah. been really on point. I hope it stays that way. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it's just basically I'm your accountability buddy. <laughs> you got to make sure you're uh, you're posting on your day. If you're, wait if you're a second. Just wait a second, Max. So that yeah. means you have to be on time all the time. <laughs> yeah, I got to be on time, man, believe it or not. <laughs> 
I gotta be on time. Shit, like, man. Man, it's like six months later, man. Yo, Max, you know, you ready for that podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, boys. Don't worry. We're coming. We're coming. Yeah, for real. That's cool though. Yeah, That's it cool. is. It is. It is cool. And it's um it's cool to see it develop as well with um with all the athletes just charging and making content as well. So yeah. So that's like that's the sitch for real. Like it's the you know, the tour, making sure everybody's on point with my media managing, testing some product here, and then you know, there's gonna like the tour, it's crazy. It's 13 events this year. It starts in New Zealand, then it, right away we have to fly. We have to I love I say, Oh, I'm sorry, Max. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry you have to fly. No. <laughs> Yeah, right. No, I'm, uh, so it starts in New Zealand, then we go to yeah. Cape Verde. Okay. Um, which looks amazing, to be honest. See, like the wave there looks so sweet. And it, it looks a little bit, it looks like it's going to be dangerous to wing, but let's go, whatever. And um, and then uh, after you that, at Punta Preta at Cabo Verde? I think there's a place, it's close to Punta Preta. I just did like, um, let's see if I can find it really quick. I just, we had a, um, a meeting um with the riders committee just a few days ago and yeah it's uh kalinta funda or santa maria okay okay yeah um, yeah yeah so i don't really know the spots i haven't done my research yet but um yeah it's, it's uh, not funda Feta. yeah that's not, good because funda Feta would be ridiculous riding over rocks happened. unless there was like a big <laughs> swell right so, yeah yeah because so um, most most pros that ride at, at like at, at Preta, they end up going with two three kits, and they all get demolished. I hear just for a couple pictures, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of the synopsis. That's, I think that's a windsurfing too a lot of the time. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we're if we're trying to like ride waves and stay in critical sections, and then like. <laughs> You know, like we mess up. That's you know, that's a that's a board gone for sure. Probably a wing as well. And then yeah, you know, so yeah. I don't think that's gonna. Yeah, be that that is one thing that I have to say is a bit of a drawback with winging is that you really can't mess up on a critical wave because if you do, you like for me anytime anytime I've, I've really blown it on a critical kind of section and a with a little bit of size in the wave, the wing is just dead. Like. There's nothing yeah. you can do. The board goes into it, and you're you're done. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, right? Like, I feel like as much as the swell riding and maybe like not so critical waves is really fun. Like, to really push the sport, you want to be able to go into those critical waves, but at mm -hmm. the same time, when you do that, you know that's it could be at the cost of equipment. A lot of the time, it could be at the cost of equipment. And you saw that in like the last event in Brazil. Um, you know, we were in Taiba. It was hard to get for people to even get through the short break when they did, you know, to actually have a high scoring wave, you would have to push, push pretty hard um, into, um, you know, in, close to the beach. And a lot of the time, you know, people might, might, may have gone for an aerial, messed up, we get pushed too close to shore, hit a rock. Um, you know, fall, fall, just falling in a critical section, and their wing it just you know they come up and their wings into it's just you know that's just part of it right now, um, which is crazy. Yeah. But um, it's going to yeah, be interesting to see what all these new materials do for that because I know windsurfing was kind of like that for a while as well, and we and they kind of have 
the wave gear pretty dialed at this point where you can get washed pretty seriously and as long as you hold on to your gear properly you're in pretty good shape but uh there was a while there where you know before skinny masks and before x fly and all that kind of things like everything would just blow up like they just couldn't handle it because of course <laughs> yeah this is like everything was monofilm and then everything was yeah <laughs> falling apart so but yeah. um but yeah i haven't had like i've been pretty lucky Maybe I'm not charging hard enough. I don't know. But like in Taiba, I was pretty lucky with my wings. And I think like the materials are getting there. It's just, you know, like at the same time too, like it, you can't stop a foil from going through your wing unless you fall in a certain way. And things like that mm-hmm. are bound to happen with everybody, you know? Um, totally. So no matter how strong the material is. Um, so those are just like the risks that are going to, Kind of continue to kind of pop up as the, the level gets higher. We push in more like gnarly conditions and we'll mm-hmm. see we'll see what that turns into. Like I don't know. Taiba for me was it was tough because I literally was like, I didn't ride waves. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing basically. No, but I mean um it's something that I haven't been focusing on at all. And just down here the last literally the last few weeks and maybe like shoulder high shoulder high sets um it's been super fun like i'm really falling in love with it more than i have with any really almost any discipline uh, which is crazy to say um but it's just like to be able to you know go out come back fish basically doesn't even have to be the best best set and still have like a blast you know making tons of turns it's just you know it's like what other sport can you do that with right now right so mm-hmm. um yeah so, especially yeah. in those conditions you know mm-hmm. like you can if if you have like a really stellar setup than kiting and windsurfing you can have a very similar i'd actually say a better experience in like really really stellar setups but i mean you can count those places on two hands you know where that happens and never mind happens regularly so mm-hmm. i think at the end of the day as much as you know, for me, a wave windsurfing, uh, float and ride is just the pinnacle of wind sports, like waves, but it just doesn't line up that often for it to be good. Yeah. Whereas winging just turns everything into super fun. Like it's yeah. so good. It's like if winging was, you know, the thing is like, let's say windsurfing is 10 out of 10, like you're with winging, it might be eight out of 10, but you're getting eight out of 10 you know, four or five days a week. A lot. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. So I think Instead that's of 10 out of 10, like twice a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the thing is, like, yeah, I would say the same thing, like doing a bomb turn, going to a critical section and hitting the lip on a windsurfer, at least when it comes to wave riding, is is definitely top tier. Yeah. It's like definitely top oh, tier. Yeah. It's, it's, it's for me also still the most fun wave riding for sure. But winging is, yeah, it's just, it's just so, it, like, the other days, on, I was on a 700 centimeter square front wing. Um, just, like, new, a new setup that I was just, like, really, really stoked on. And it was just wave after wave. And I was, like, fully felt like, you know, this surreal, like, flow state mode, like, just zoned into this, these amazing conditions. Um, and it just kept coming out wave after wave, you know, and I think, 
that's going to happen a lot more for a lot of people in this sport yes. than it is for, yes. for windsurfing for right. sure. Right? I think it's going to allow a whole group of people who are either a pushing too hard windsurfing where they could have gotten hurt. Now they're going to be able to push winging, but it also opens up the door to like foot high waves that you can still ride on the right foil and you can get a second or two a glide and like mm -hmm. that stuff was not as accessible um which i think it's going to bring a lot of joy to a lot of people especially because it's booming so quickly i'm in our demographics of our podcast like we checked the other day and it's a lot of our listeners are between 45 and 60 so mm -hmm. kind of that age of retirement kind of thing. And there's a lot of people looking for something to do, something that's exciting, something that allows them to travel, uh, something that you can do with the family. Like there's so many opportunities that this sport is allowing people to have. Um, and it's just cool that that demographic is like popping up near 60. Like you're not, there's a lot of people who are still charging at 60 windsurfing, but, uh, you could probably wing till you're well if you can walk you could wing <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah like we're yeah. good till 90 I mean, boys <laughs> that's the thing i think like the wipeouts still can be kind of gnarly with winging so like if you're on flat water, older listeners like, like yeah. just be careful yeah. while you're getting into it make sure you say that again tom what were you saying oh i, I said that that as long as you're it you're respecting the condition so if you're on like a flat water bay and like 18 knots like yes the wipeouts can be but if you've got 30 40 years of experience under your belt um your wipeouts will be a lot more well you'll fall a lot less after 40 years yeah <laughs> yeah if you're like an og water sports person and you're coming to winging i think like for sure you'll you know you know it's not yeah. going to be super gnarly i think it'll be a bit more intuitive but still yeah, that's definitely yeah. Take it easy in the beginning, and once you start to learn, yes. the, you can learn the foil first. Totally. Once that happens, then for sure, I think you can do it for a long time. Especially if, totally. like, yeah. I, I do think, as Max is saying, though, there are you know, once you start getting into jumps and rotations and stuff like that, you can definitely, you know, there's a reason everybody almost is wearing a helmet doing it. And yes. if you look yes. at all these uh, athletes. Um, if they were kiting or windsurfing before, they weren't really wearing helmets. But a lot, a lot of wingers are wearing helmets when they're doing freestyle. Um, and personally, you know, I think because freestyle and jumps are so accessible winging compared to windsurfing, for example, I felt more inclined to try it, whereas it's something that wasn't ever really my focus when windsurfing. And so I've actually had some pretty decent slams winging, like much more so windsurfing, uh, just because it's easier to get up, you know, easier to spin around, easier to get yourself into bad positions as well. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, uh, is that tour standard that like you have to wear a helmet now on tour? Um, okay. I think it's pretty cool. I like that. So everybody's training with them anyways. Um, but yeah, like I've taken some big stacks. <laughs> sure. mm, yeah um like and uh i think yeah i mean like i'm getting injured all the time ankles like right now i can't jump because i have this toe sprain um and that's just the reality of as a sport starts to escalate um you know yeah. you, you watch kiting like i don't know if you watched the king of the air this year but it's like everybody's doing like double loops and now there's s loops as well and it's like it's and 
the height is absurd and people yeah like the people they're putting their lives on the line like in kiting for sure i don't know about winging but like in kiting oh yeah kiting absolutely they're going massive yeah and so so, if you make a mistake at that height um or critical mistake at that height like you could die you know so it's like that's where we are right now with like with extreme wind sports and I don't know if winging's going to get there, but like for sure it's, you know, I, I would think so. I mean, windsurfing yeah. is there as well. Like, you know, there's booze that almost died trying a triple. Um, yeah. It really wasn't far off. And like the amount, I remember uh, chatting with um, Antoine Martin and, uh, and booze was there as well. And they're kind of talking about, you know, good jumps and doubles and stuff like that. And they were talking about, you know, getting mildly concussed to not really knowing where they are on a fairly regular basis, learning how to double. Like, dude, well, that's, uh, that's intense. That is really intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Tom, how's your front flip journey going? Front loop journey going on windsurfing? Oh, I gave up on that ship a long time ago. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Fit for Surfing program. If you're looking to take your wing foil skills to the next level and ride those waves like a pro, listen up. Are you tired of watching others make it look effortless while you're struggling to keep up? Well, I have a game changer for you. Introducing the Fit for Surfing program. It's a comprehensive training program designed to transform you into the wing foil legend you actually are. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced winger, this program is tailored just for you. So why should you consider the Fit for Surfing program? First off, it's not just about hitting the gym or doing random workouts. It's a holistic approach that covers surf-specific exercises, flexibility training, and mental conditioning. This program is being used by pros from around the world that are currently on tour, including our main man, Max Robinson. So to get started, click on the link in the description and use the discount code WINGLIFEPODCAST50 to get an amazing 50% off the first month when you sign up. Your dreams of conquering those waves, lakes, and rivers and becoming a true wingfoiler can become their a reality with the Fit for Surfing program. This is your chance to unlock your full surfing potential and join the ranks of those top surfers worldwide like those on tour. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Get ready to wing like you've never winged before with the Fit for Surfing program. Click the link in the description and use the discount code WINGLIFEPODCAST50 to get started today it's too bad because i think it, it was totally doable i was like you know had i um actually committed to doing it i don't think there would have been any issue there but i i've just been so concentrated on on waves for so long and then winging came by and totally distracted me from windsurfing so <laughs> i'm curious i mean i i want to like as somebody who just like was og with it has it lost any of its nostalgia to you or, are you, or is that still the thing that you're doing the most now and are you doing it? How often are you winging? So my, the, because of, you know, other projects that I have going on right now, I'm actually not spending a lot of time at all on the water and it's something that I want to change because I'm, I'm really missing it. Um, I have to say that it's as much as winging opens up conditions that are, you know, more mediocre in terms of than to super fun. Um, 
I do feel like it's going a little bit the way that windsurfing went for me where, you, you know, eventually you kind of, you are looking for those better conditions and you're always wanting to kind of push and bigger waves, more critical, more wind, blah, 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 or not necessarily more mm-hmm. wind, but just, yeah, bigger waves. And so I, I do think that um, the kind of natural progression is that in the first year, I was just stoked to be on a foil. I was just so stoked to be able to ride around and feel the freedom of winging and, you know, pump, pump through the lulls and, and just all that kind of aspect of it. And then after that, you know, being able to ride, as Luke was saying, one or two foot little swells, river swells, and being like, oh my goodness, I'm actually riding a wave in Montreal. Like, how does this happen? Um, yep. And then, and then, you know, as time goes by, you're, of get desensitized i think a little bit it's kind of like when you're riding big waves a lot at a certain point it just doesn't feel like big waves anymore it just feels like riding waves so Mm -hmm. um i do think that the natural progression of uh, everything is that it becomes you know for me anyways it seems like it, it becomes more uh normal and so you keep hunting, I think, I guess is what I'm trying to say. For, well, that's the for thing, right? It's like getting condition. up on the foil now, like getting up on the foil isn't the goal anymore. It's like getting, like just cruising totally. going back and forth on the foil. Like it's not the goal anymore for yourself. Um, I think that's what's happening. Well, and I, that, and like, I that think that a happened. lot of people, it's like, a it's lot like, of people, and that's why you see the gear and improving so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's totally cool right. what's cool though with the what's different between that and windsurfing is like you can get up on the foil in mediocre conditions like you can get yes. planing and moving yes. in six to eight knots right so you didn't have that before really and now that we do um i think it's still like yeah for sure like we're, people are organically going to start to get picky but a bad day is still a pretty solid day compared to how it was before. Um, totally. So I think that's totally. I totally agree, and I and I think especially in gusty conditions, because you know a lot of a lot of the foil talk uh, is kind of like, wow, we can go out in super light winds, you know, like under ten knots, it's still fun, blah blah blah. But the reality in a lot of these inland spots is that the wind's not actually that light; it's just crazy gusty, and so. Mm-hmm if you have, you know, six gusting to 15 knots, that's awful on a windsurfer. Like you, you just can't really do anything because you stop in the lulls and in the gusts mm-hmm. you're overpowered because you're on some massive sail to get going in, in the, you know, mid range. But on winging, you can ride a wing that you can get going in the 15 knot gust. You can be on a little sinker board with like a four five or a five Oh, and you keep going through the lulls. You just, you know, burn right through it, especially with these, faster foils that are more efficient um that are coming out these days so yeah totally and i think there's there's definitely um still has its allure to go out when there's basically no wing wind and just cruise around um and just you know there's no load on your body it's just so cool it's just Mm -hmm. nice feeling well, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to start setting you a daily challenge if you're bored, because there's definitely oh. thousands. It seems like of tack and jive variations, as well as uh, dude. I would do love it. to be bored right now. I would, I would love to be bored right now, and I would love to take up those challenges because it would be super fun. I'm 
so not bored right now. But <laughs> yeah, um, you're, you're busy building. <laughs> you're building. Yeah. Building. So when your house building. is done, when your water house is done, though, like that thing is going to be oh, such a beautiful yeah, pad. And all the challenges. Yeah. All yeah. the challenges, Max. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to send them your way, man. That's on. And even better, show up and I'll host you on my floating wing platform. Oh and my you can gosh. give me in person challenges. I'm all in. We're, we're you guys heard it here. The offer's on the table. <laughs> offer is on the table, and you can all hold me accountable for it. Any day of the I'm stoked. Hey, it's been too long, man. But um, uh, yeah, wow. Like, here, uh, I don't know if we Max, were let's go back to your the... yeah. Let's go back to your tour here. I want to kind of like. New Zealand number one, Cabo second. Do you want to just walk through those other tour dates for us and our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So I have it all written down here. It's uh, New Zealand Wait. first, then Cabo, France, then Greece early June. So there's a gap, like a, almost a two-month break after France, which is April 4th to the 10th to Greece, which is the 6th of June to the 11th of June. Then we have the Maldives. Um uh, from the 16th to the 23rd of June and then it gets kind of crazy so there's three <laughs> spots it chill up until then. it's 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 <laughs> yeah it's it's not chill I mean already but it's <laughs> even more crazy there's three surf freestyle slash surf song big air events back to back in the Canaries so Whoa. first it's like in the beginning of Whoa. July basically to the end of July it's Lanzarote Grand Canaria, and then Fort Aventura, all back-to-back, like, barely any time in between. Oh. And then, um, so, and then right after that, like, uh, a week later is Rio. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then, Why and then, and then, like, three weeks later, there's Denmark, and then, um, which is, like, the beginning of September, and then that late September, there is uh Dakla, Morocco. And then oh, wow. so that goes in the first of October. And then 10 days after that, there's the Tarifa Wing Pro. And then there is Taiba, which is uh a month after the Taifa Tarifa Wing Pro in Brazil in November, and then Cape Town, uh, which is still not wow. confirmed. Uh, a lot of these aren't confirmed, but when I was talking to the guys on the riders committee, they were saying that this one is probably the least likely, and that's supposed to be in December. So it's it's pretty absurd. Like like I said, it's, it's really proper full time. Like there the the breaks in between the events, the longest break, um, you know, after France is is six weeks before I have to start flying it out again. So, and then every other event, you know, the dates are so tight that the flights are going to be basically back to back to the next, the next place. So I, I realistically yeah. might be home back in Toronto, uh, you know, short stint in August and then maybe a short stint in October. Uh wants to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be seeing you there too, Tom. But yeah, you can see on this all at. Um, I hope I better be seeing you there, man. It's the best month. It is a good month. But yeah, and it's. I know it's a lot of. Um, 
a lot of a lot of a lot of names a lot of dates but definitely check it out uh wingfoilworldtour.com slash events okay and, uh, you can see all the event dates all the ones that are actually confirmed on the website i mean i can give you guys a little bit of an inside scoop if you want like i like i was saying i'm on the riders committee and so we do talk about the events and kind of what they uh the odds of them actually happening are i don't know when this podcast comes out but um most of them are, are really likely the ones that aren't are the maldives and um and cape town and Rhodes. but a lot of these are super likely and i think that's just crazy even more crazy <laughs> it's like it's not yeah. just like one two it's not just 14 events scheduled it's like 14 stops 14, across the globe 14 stops across the globe with most most of them actually likely being confirmed like wow and so um already would you, yeah so would you have ever thought would you have ever thought you would get to see some of the best like wind spots in the world like before you know tom kind of strong-armed you into this like <laughs> really <laughs> shitty sport and <laughs> I know, I know, but still. <laughs> I, I remember one thing when I got the offer. I remember talking to Tom first. I was like, hey, Tom, man, like, I don't know, man. Like, this is kind of surreal. Like, you think this is going to be something that, you know, I can, I should continue to do and continue to push, uh, you know, like, should I, I think I was kind of like a conversation like this, like, it, you know, like, yeah. this is happening, like, oh, I don't know, like, what do you think about the sport? And it was a conversation over the phone while I was driving them to Shirkston to windsurf. And, um, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man, you're getting in early. And it's it's really the future. That's kind of what I remember from that conversation. And I was like, okay. Yeah, dude, you were, like, right at the right time. Like, yeah. perfect. And you dedicated yeah. so much time into it. And, uh, I mean, you're, you're super talented. So that's, like, yeah. you need that for sure but you've put in so much time and you're really there at the right time and yeah i'm i'm super stoked this is how it turned out for you man yeah, yeah i think cool. we all are yeah we all are thank you guys yeah like i didn't i really didn't expect like the professional wind sports career to be with gook wing but <laughs> um, whatever <laughs> man you never know yeah it's um and yeah this all these like talking about the tour like I mean, for instance, last year, being able to go to all these places that I only dreamed about going to windsurfing, you know, and uh, it's kind of crazy not bringing the windsurf gear along. But like, for instance, going to Brazil, like going, you know, being a couple hours away from Jericacora uh, in a place called Peracuru and Taiba, which are just like, you know, the 15 to 20 knots every day and just perfect little kicker waves and it's just like you're just like wow like and i would see these videos of these guys windsurfing these spots and going nuts and doing like air cabocoochies which are just you know i don't even yeah you have to look that one up (laughs) (laughs) Um, if you want to understand what that is um but it was so cool to see and i was always dreaming about going to this place um you know to windsurf and then, you know, to have the opportunity just to be there and see all these places that I had only dreamed about going, like, especially like Jericho, like Brazil, for instance. 
um, in Lanzarote. And then also like a big one where I've been seeing the last two years with a bunch of the pros that do the, um, you know, do the uh, IQ foil event uh, was Silva Plana, which was like surreal, beautiful, you know? And um, I just, yeah, I feel super, super lucky because I, I did not expect any of this. And now it just seems like it's, you know, there's just going to be more opportunities. And I, you know, I really just this year, uh, as much as it's, you know, these opportunities are super amazing. I do also really, really want to do really well. So on top of, you know, having this crazy opportunity to travel the world, like I really want to focus super hard and, and, and get a, and get good results and, and do the best I can. And so. Represent um, for all of us. That's yeah, cool. You know, and actually be able to ride away rather than just straight line it. So. <laughs> so yeah yeah i'm ready, Sweet, I'm ready man. to make this happen yeah we'll see. Uh, it's, it's very very well deserved max yeah yeah it's been a roller coaster for sure lots of sprained ankles <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what do you um do you have any tips for people getting into freestyle? Like how do you set up your gear and what do you do to avoid injuries? Like what can you, is there anything you can give people? It's a really good question. Um, so I would say getting into freestyle when it comes to setting up the foot straps, um, you know, I, I personally, especially once you've kind of gotten you're jumping down, you feel comfortable with uh, the size of board you're using. You can actually make the push-ups just a little bit narrower so that your foot sits um, in the foot strap, but also gets pinched a little bit on the sides. So when you do your aerials, you know you're not going to lose the board because you can feel the board wrapped around your foot, not just the top section of the strap going over your foot. That is what Balls does. Uh, a bunch of the, um, you know, Wesley, a bunch of the, the pros especially the ones from windsurfing. And I feel like it helps a lot with board control. Um, be careful if you don't set them up right, though, however, you can have one foot strap get stuck in the, in the board. And this happened to a friend of mine recently. And uh, you, can, you can potentially twist your ankle. But I personally find it's better to fall and make sure that you have those, that cinch, those foot straps cinching the size of your feet in a way uh, that you don't lose the board at all um and so at least for the small like your first maneuvers for sure you don't have much to worry about um and then as you start to go bigger and smaller i think it's you know it's it, it's even more relevant like now i'm using a 50 and i can crash with my feet in the foot straps no problem and i don't you know i'm like with sprained ankles i'm totally fine um so i say that's yeah. a big one when it comes to foot straps foil like it's uh, you know you don't really change much as long if you, if you have a balanced foil it's fine you can maybe move it a little bit further forward so that you have a bit more front foot pressure and that just allows you to have a bit more spring on the takeoff but a neutral foil position is fine um i like a wide stance now for a little bit more control as well um and um yeah I think that that's most of it. I mean, when it comes to the size of the foil, that's super important too. I would say like, if you end up jumping with something around like 1200 to 1400 in the beginning, it's okay. Um, but you'll notice that like, um, once you start to kind of build 
your level of performance, you're going to want to use something smaller. It's less likely to break and you'll be able to go a little bit higher and faster in the moves. But in the beginning, I would say like, it's okay to jump those 1500 CM squared foils. Um, like, I, I just, yeah, just be like, just feel it out first, like do some straight airs. And then like, if you feel like you're landing and the foil doesn't feel like it's throwing you into what could potentially, you know, be cause for a twisted ankle or two <laughs> and, you know, maybe go for a rally or go for a 360. You know, those are the kind of the first moves that most people will go for. And um, there's so many videos online now telling people how to do them. I won't, I won't bore you guys with that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, like having, you know, a board that's around the same size uh, in liters as your body weight too, like for me, I feel like that was a go-to for me that I didn't have to continue to always crawl up onto my board after every attempt. Like I could make mm. a couple mistakes and then, um, you know, still kind of save it a little bit. So not going too small too soon was, I feel like really beneficial for me in the beginning for those early, um, you know, for the the more basic maneuvers. And then as I started to like wanting to push more radical moves, it, it, you have to go smaller. Like you can't be doing like, you know, 10 foot high front flips on a, a 90 liter board. It's, it's, you know, definitely a cause for disaster. As much as I was, <laughs> as much as I was like, Tom, why do you need to go so small? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Board doesn't make any sense. No, like now, yeah, for sure. Going with a smaller board um smaller foil you know um uh, smaller smaller hand wing once it starts to get really windy you have to um but in the yeah. beginning yeah like i'm 90 yeah. kilos i was doing 360s with the 115 liter board to start then i went to a 90 liter the 90 liter wing claw from slingshot it uh was perfect for my first like uh you know it would have been perfect for my first 360s um and freestyle maneuvers and then I use like the Phantasm 926 front wing, which is 1250 cm squared approximately in surface area. And it was a great combination. Like it was perfect to be able to start doing some, some freestyle. And I would say whatever's equivalent to somebody else in, in their body weight, um, you know, let's say somebody's, you know, 70 kilograms, they get on a 70 liter board and maybe a 1100 cm squared front wing. 82 cm mass for a little bit more control you know it's yeah you know that'll be a recipe for success for sure okay totally i definitely found that having a bit of that board around your um weight is a really really good thing for learning freestyle moves um i have very little experience in freestyle and very much a coupe in freestyle and it felt like you know just on the landings it would forgive so many errors whereas mm -hmm. before that i was scared of spraining ankles so i would just use my little board and i could feel the rotation was easier for sure but i would have to land it perfectly otherwise there's no way that it was mm -hmm. gonna work so um, yeah totally, totally yeah, good call on that yeah like i'm glad like you agree talks i know you're a big believer in the small boards and obviously like it's it is the the way to go once you get proficient but for learning like for sure i would not have learned as many moves as i i have if i if i did jump too soon um totally 
Yeah. And now it's just like the moves that are going to be scoring high on the tour are just the ones that you have to use boards for. Like it was the early days, like maybe I'd still be on my 75 and 90 liter board a lot, but now I can't really use much bigger than a 70. Um, or I'm not going to be able to keep up with these 16 year olds that are doing, you know, stalled front flips and, <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Yeah, Caden's coming for you, man. We had him on a little while ago, and the stuff that 13-year-old can do is going uh, – he's going to come chomping at a lot of heels, I think. Ridonculous. Yeah, yeah, he's. I yeah. think he's doing backflips both ways. You know, his, his, yeah. his threes are super stylish. I think he's got some sevens on him too. Like, Oh, yeah, he was talking about his training. He's like, yeah, I just go out, and, like, I tell myself I have to do at least – two 720s on every tack <laughs> like, <laughs> a few times I was like you're 13 dude like what's gonna happen when you're 25 you know like wow I think it'll be super fun to see um man, to I'm see where he's at too. in five years yeah that was like Chris you know like um Chris is actually here in Laventon I'm at Chris McDonald um he was fourth on tour this year I remember seeing him in Hood River, like just a year and a half ago. I'm like, hey, like at the AWSI, which is like a trade show for all the water sports brands or wind sports brands. And he was just like, I'm like, yo, man, when are you going on tour? He's like, hopefully soon. Like this kid, high voice, like 14, like, you know, whatever, <laughs> super small. And um, and then uh, I see later that year he went to Brazil and crushed it. And then he just, the next year, he just kept on getting better and uh you know now he's for sure one of the best wing foils in the world um arguably you know definitely top a top three rider most of the most time most of the time and the first guy to land a probably a you know a relatively dry 1080 you know it's it's crazy and he's 16 so I mean, yeah, we're going into three rotations now, and it's like <laughs> just like kicking and screaming. It's it's too much, almost for real. Like it's it's. <laughs> I mean, if with kickers, for sure, fourteen forty is possible. Like, you know, guys going full charge uh, at a ramp in Maui, fourteen forty for sure is possible. You yep. know, it's just like yep. it's just like that. What we were talking about, like just how far are we are you know how quickly and how soon are people going to be putting their lives on the line i guess yeah. you know it's like do yeah. we really want to be going full tilt at like what like triple overhead waves and 30 knots and then trying to do four rotations like i don't know what that's going to look like but king of the wing it's, it's coming, it's coming. It's gonna hurt at first that's for sure yeah it's it's definitely gonna yeah. hurt but uh, that's what happened in snowboarding, right? It's like 1440s. Now it's like totally. people are doing, what, 1880? It's crazy. It's nuts. And it's yeah. like snowboarding. Too. So How can you even control that? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I have a tough time with sevens still, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. You're, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to get him now. Yeah, I mean, the 10, I don't know when, but for sure, I, I, I was over rotating some sevens recently, but not on purpose. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still, yeah, the seven is coming for sure. The seven is 
It's okay, but the 10, I don't know when. But my homie of mine, Wesley, he's on tour. He's on Duotone team. And he like he's the second guy, I think, to to be like throwing them down and where they're looking clean. Like it looks like he's been, he's getting the full rotation in the air, and I feel like he's gonna be able to to plane out of one actually pretty soon, which is really cool. Like, I haven't oh. seen anybody properly plane out of one. Chris was dry, but it still wasn't planing. I think Wesley might get the first planing one, which is crazy to think. He's doing them on flat water. Wow. Like not crazy. Yeah. So that's crazy. where it's at, man. That's cool. where it's at for real. Well, hey, thanks for, yeah, and thanks for hopping on and chatting with us. And for those people at home that want to learn a bit more about you or start following you, uh, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, probably the best is to follow me on Instagram. Uh, so it's at Max J, like the letter, and Robinson. Uh, so R O B I N S O N. Um, and yeah, like that's I'm posting once or twice a week. Um, okay. But yeah, also like follow the GWA events. Um, you know, like I, I'm trying to attend most of them, if not all of them, this year. And uh, yeah, I appreciate all the support. Slingshot wing. Yeah, exactly. Slingshot wing. Yeah. Exactly. Got some new stuff in the pipeline. I'm pretty stoked about it too. Got some new stuff dropping sh- soon from Slingshot. Okay. Um, which nice. uh, yeah, is I'll probably be using on the tour right now. Like the go-to is the javelin for sure. Javelin and the G seven hundred nine hundred cm squared front wing and the Wingcraft V two. 50 and 60 liter and 70 liter those are those are my go-to pieces of equipment at uh 90 to 95 kilograms believe it or not but yeah like just yeah. about 12 15 knots and that that kit's doing the job for me so right. yeah, somebody getting into freestyle and want to starting to want to push that that gear is working super well for me so i definitely highly recommend it um, epic can you give us any spoilers Hmm? can you give us any spoilers for what's in the pipeline oof we have i will give some spoilers uh i don't know if why it's gonna get mad but well whatever yeah we got um uh so we got like this banger downwinder wing um slash wave riding wing front wing um for the foil that just like i have no idea what we did but it's just it's so fluid through the water it glides forever somehow it still turns and so it's sick it just does everything well and you're like what's the compromise like you just don't know and it's just like i love we haven't found it yet yeah we haven't found yet i mean i'm not jumping it uh and i don't know if we can i don't know if it's something that because it's like the aspect ratio and all that i don't know if it's something that i will jump or should jump so maybe that's the compromise but you could jump it if you weren't like a hundred kilograms, maybe. I don't know. But um <laughs> but yeah, it's, everything. So but yeah, it's just I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh <laughs> yeah, the stuff I'm riding now, I'm lucky, like the slingshot's really robust, like Tommy used to ride it, I know. So um like it's stuff is it's holding up really well for sure. Like there are things that are breaking, you know, after a bunch of freestyle sessions for sure. That's just how it's gonna be, but quite robust stuff now and um yeah yeah. but then like the um that is super awesome i think like the um, you know it's a it's a year out but like for sure like um 
you know, the next. That's a media, media mastic wing, I'm guessing. <laughs> What's that? It, that's a media mastic wing you're talking about, I'm guessing. Yeah, medium. Or it's the highest. Me, it's oh, a medium high, like the glide okay. one, like like the one that's like for swell riding and stuff, and like seems yep. to do everything well. That's like mid high, mid high. I'd say more, but more mid high, high yeah. than mid. Yeah, and okay. then there's also the. Cool. Uh, so there's that. There's a new tail that also just on top of that. It's just like ah, oh, it's like the perfect combination. And then there's nice. um, yeah, and then we have like obviously some new hand wings that we're developing, which are. I can't say anything about those. I was about to, but I was like, you know, that's the one thing I shouldn't talk about. And those are, those are really on point. And there's one that okay. I'm really, really excited about as well. Um, uh, that even I have to still wait for. So, <laughs> but um, right. yeah. you, maybe like a vague question on those. Like, are you guys sticking with the multiple wings in the lineup kind of concept, where you have you know one wing that's more freestyling and one wing that's more kind of all around yes we are doing that so um and obviously there's uh, one that we'll be targeting kind of to our high performance freestyle high performance wave and there's going to be one that's going to target more towards um uh casual downwind riding and casual wave riding um it's like just a more stable more user-friendly wing um and then the freestyle one is is like it's all it, it's still user friendly, but it's just slightly more radical. Doesn't like let's say I again a bunch of this stuff. I don't know if I'm supposed to say it anyway. Like let's say it doesn't flag like the, the freestyle one for instance, like might not flag as well. But yeah, like for, for well it's not for meant to per se. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like at speed, a wing that doesn't flag necessarily super well at speed um will still allow you to ride away as well right like so because ultimately like you kind of need a little bit of you you don't want a wing that will flag too well necessarily if you're trying to ride waves radically because of the drag from the wing that makes sense yeah and it doesn't follow you when you're changing directions quickly either i I remember when uh... too well (laughs) yeah which is kind of funny but yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it but it's true. Like I remember on the early duotones, they were which is what I was riding kind of early on, and they flagged particularly poorly compared to a lot of other wing models that were out at the time. But I remember them being so much more maneuverable than you know basically any other wing, and so that comes with its own benefits, especially in onshore and stuff like that, where you have to kind of you know muscle the wing around a little bit or throw it around. So, yeah, I can totally see what you're saying that, you know, that's not the thing that's just parked there and sits behind you um, isn't always what you're looking for. Even yeah, when but I'd say for like, I would say probably for like 80% of the users, you know, it's like, that's what they would want, right? Like they're just like swell ride, totally. wind, swell ride, mm-hmm. have a wing that you can like set and forget. Um, For myself, like. You know, no, it's not really necessarily what I'd probably gravitate towards, but I mean, maybe there's some conditions like downwinders, hundred thousand percent, right? But like, yeah, yeah. Um, if I'm uh trying to do like some really radical turns or whatever, I, I need or backflips or whatever it might be. Um, I definitely need something that you know wants to wants to spin, wants to turn, wants to rotate, right? So, 
So I think like covering right. both bases in the market, um, like for sure, you know, you can make one or the other do it all, but it's nice to have the options. And so that's what we're, that's what we're hitting. Yeah. On. And I think it's a direction a lot of companies are taking. And I totally agree with it because I think there's the reality is that there's a ton of people getting into the sport and their needs are not necessarily the same as a lot of people that have, you know, already win for a year or two and are progressing and want to keep pushing themselves and keep pushing what's possible for them with the sport. So uh, to me, that makes total sense. I really hope that we don't get into what we have in kiting and windsurfing where you have like four different programs or five different programs and it just overcomplicates everything. Um, well, the, the, only, I, the only thing that might do that is the tour because <laughs> like we have surf freestyle and we have surf, we have freestyle slalom wave and now we have big air as well. So we and oh. the wave discipline is new now too. I don't know if I mentioned that, okay. but like so they just cool. started dropped a wave discipline specifically just wave. So I that's why I've been training in the waves. Um and uh no but I, I enjoy it now too, just but um <laughs> but yeah, it's uh so like the end of the day, like you have to, you know, one might do something better than the other. Like a wave wing, if it's pure wave. You know, my freestyle, like I might not necessarily want to use the javelin. Like that's what I go to. Like I use the javelin basically in everything. Like it's the fast, fast wing. It's really good for rotations. But like with super light and we're just like, you know, riding waves, like the the V3 has more low end. It's like I need to get back up wind. I need to get, you know, I need to like get to the next set or whatever. I'm not gonna be using the wing to do any freestyle moves. It flags pretty well. Like I'm just going to use the, you know. So that's the thing. Like you might have to pack different wings now, uh, depending on the uh, the spot or um, uh, the event. Um. So yeah, you know, they're definitely that definitely might happen for you know multidiscipline riders. I think it already already has. Um. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it doesn't get super niche where like everybody wants to have like a quiver of wave sales and a quiver of freestyle sales and then a quiver of slalom yeah. sales, you know, but wings mm. instead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 15 yeah. wings. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I do think that there's, you know, in, in real kind of standout wings and and it's the same thing for kites and for windsurfing sales as well like i think if you got a really really good weight really really good um wing or kite or, or sail it's gonna work really well uh in a, in a range of conditions you're obviously not going to be slalom racing with a kind of a free freestyle or or wave sail but you know you could pretty comfortably say that i'm not going to get 100 percent freestyle 100 percent wave 100 percent um free ride out of the same sale but you know 80 85 90 yeah absolutely yeah and, exactly mm-hmm. exactly and that's kind of like yeah that's kind of why i i gravitate towards the javelin now because it's like it does all that stuff for me like really? it goes fast it spins really well and it flags nicely like it it doesn't lag in the flag as well so i feel like it's faster um you know through my turns and, and and stuff like that and i love the boom so uh i, I know you yeah into town, rigid handles like, oh yeah makes sense yeah hard handles or a boom like to me just make a lot of sense so it's uh it's been my go-to 
Uh, for sure. Just direct feel like, you know, you know what kind of response you're going to get out of the wing when you go for a jump as well. And you know how to, it's easier with the boom too, to like make sure that when you want to control your pitch of the board and you want to drive the wing down, for instance, there's no lag in the handles. So just like you drive the wing down, your board's going to go down then you drive the wing up and the wing's going to go up and the board's going to come up, you know? So uh, if you, as long as you time it correctly with your, your body weight, but you don't have to worry about the wing causing any issues with that when you have the, you know, hard handle or boom. And so it's, uh, you know, for me, it's definitely. And I find it's easier to recover as well, because as you're saying, there's no lag. So when you're, you know, at first, every little movement you make, it destabilizes because the wing is reacting. But once you get used to that, you can recover from positions that you'd never be able to recover from with a wing that has soft handles or is more stable. So exactly. there, there's definitely a benefit like to jamming your knuckles into the center shut or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So push it around. Come on, turn, and... turn, turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, I don't know I, uh, if you're on booms yet or not, Luke, but yeah, it's for sure. I think like, I would say nine out of 10 brands are going to be going to hard handles next year. Like I can't see okay. it happening. Like, okay. Yeah. I really think the hard handles are the move. I'm I'm not convinced that the boom is the best option now that good hard handles are available. Mm. But yeah, either either boom or hard handles is the way to go uh, as mm. far as I'm concerned. I think hard handles are great too. I just think the one thing is for sure like being able to like ride with one hand, mess around with my GoPro and my watch. <laughs> it's like True. moving and then like if you drop out, like for instance, like I can keep going doing that. If I have to like do make those adjustments on another wing, I have to like find a piece of swell or something. Mm. Um, and then I have to make those adjustments where I was with um, a boom. You can make those adjustments on the fly and still be, you know, chugging up wind. And, totally. Uh, gliding and, and do your instagram lives and stuff yeah exactly yeah you yeah want to be, you yeah. Want to be for the gram the boom is the way to go for sure so. <laughs> you all right you, you want to be a pro podcast. rider on the gram you need a boom you heard it <laughs> here first you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen <laughs> but i i bet for you know if I'm, i can see it in freestyle one-handed moves and stuff like that are gonna be a thing and for sure grabs all over the place i don't place see how it's possible me. Mm-hmm. yeah without a boom i just don't see it happening you can do it with hard handles but during the rotation so like a lot of the yeah. moves where like you're going through the rotation and the wing um you know you it's it, it's not actually part of the maneuver anymore like for instance a backflip like you go up where you've been the power of the wing sorry you go up using the power of the wing but once you're actually flipping you know you're depowering the wing so that's when you can let go of your hand for instance like i've been trying one-handed backflips balls there's one-handed backflips one-handed front flips even and during that like rotation period when the wing goes neutral or the wing has no power in it a lot of the time you can you know style it out and grab the board or whatever but if it's like a powered maneuver like a 360 yeah for sure like having a boom where you have to have power in the wing the entire time you're doing an up in 360 uh it's the only way really like you can kind of maybe muscle around one with one hand or, or do a quick little board tap but to actually have a stylish one hand 360 well you need a boom or or handle yeah, in the middle totally. so, or handle yeah. in the middle yeah totally yeah. which i'm surprised isn't really a thing like i guess it yeah i guess it's like just why like it's a, a boom 
Yeah, you might as well make a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the like old Star Basically, Wars days. Basically, if just, you like, connected six, those two handles and put something in the middle, that would be perfect. <laughs> what do you mean, bro? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, I just uh, don't boom, understand. That's like, a that's great a idea. Thing. So it's like, there's like the one, obviously there's like one long bar, but it's like, do you, for, for, is there any reason that people want to handle the middle? I don't know. Maybe it's a bit more rigid. I don't know you know but i'm just saying like they did that before they had like six handles on the middle of a strut on on a center strut yep so but they were all soft yeah but there's still six of them that's true and that was still four too many (laughs) (laughs) yes it was (laughs) well yeah it got a bit super fun Really, Shit, really man, fun. it was great yeah, having you on. Yeah, it's super cool that we finally got this going. We keep talking about you on the podcast, so it's uh, it's good that you finally made it. Like people are just looking for it, you know. So it's like totally. at the end of the day, just you know, people want to, people want people to talk about their passion. Wing Dang, right? And Wing Dang yeah. is definitely a lot of people. So I'm, I'm stoked to. Share that stoke and be passionate about it with you guys. And that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll schedule cool, that in then and have you come back. But hey, thanks a lot for talking with us tonight. Hope you get a good rest. Good time tomorrow. Yeah, yeah and, thank you guys. Uh, I, I miss you guys a lot. Um, I'm really hoping yep. that we can rip together again soon because, you know, this is amazing. Yeah. This has all been like, uh, you know, the most memorable sessions are always with like the people that you started riding with. Um, yep. And like I totally. yeah, for sure still like you were saying, Tom. I think you said it a couple of times, but like that your most memorable sections are like wave days at Sandbanks. You know, even yep. if it's just at a high, it's just like the yeah. you know, the community and the and uh I don't know, the vibe within, you know, that community is really special. So I hope you guys mm-hmm. uh hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, it really is. We just need uh we just need a sponsor for the podcast and then we can fly Tom out for like three weeks in October and Amandine too and fly him back. That's all we need. Let's do it. Tom, you can make it for this October. Like would be sick. Like let's try. Let's try. Yeah, it would. I think I should be (laughs) if everything goes well, I should be launching the new boat then and that would be a horrendous time to be leaving. But um, it would be, yeah, it would be epic. But what could be super fun as well is we could turn the new boat into a floating wing dock. And, and we come visit you. Plenty of space <laughs> for both of you on board. <laughs> bring down some toys and bring some cameras and make it happen. We'll just, uh, yes. A little product yeah. testing trip on Tom's um, boats. I like, like, like the sound. Totally. I mean, why did a photo shoot on uh, what's their face's boat? Um, on a cat as JP well. and um, Don's boat. Mm-hmm. So why not? Got cool. lots of wind here. Beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Clear, turquoise water. Was it close Maybe. to you? Like, were, like, are they kind of. You guys setting up in the kind of no? I would I would love to be where they are. It's they're in the Pacific, and yeah, like the the dream. And we'll get there one day, but we're we're not there yet. We're in the Caribbean for now. Man, it still sounds lovely. Still, sick. which is still not <laughs> yeah, still still not too shabby. Not can't complain too much. 
No. <laughs> could be worse. Could be worse. We could be in Montreal right now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not in Montreal, but I'm close to Montreal. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, look, guys getting after on Wednesday here, plus 14 degrees Celsius for the first time in all winter. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's getting yeah, chilly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're going to be. It's 14 it. where you're at right now? No, I mean, uh, in, in Toronto, apparently, it's minus like one or two today, but, um, I think it's going to go up to like plus. We were just talking to Luke before you were on. I think it's going to go up to like plus twelve or plus thirteen yeah. or fourteen for a day in Toronto. Yeah, we're hoping Massachusetts stays cold because I was supposed to go like in in three four days try to get a bit of hiking in, do some backcountry. I reached out to Andre too, and um, hopefully right. we get some something a little a little fun. But we'll see what the it, it's supposed to get warm. Um, so we'll see. I, I just saw a post from him saying that the uh, backcountry conditions were really good right now. They were finally Perfect. filling in. All right. So okay. Perfect. Yeah. You can also just go on the water. You can yeah, also just go on the water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can come down yeah. to the Caribbean. <laughs> Guys, man, uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the dates on. But uh, oh. yeah, I'll let you guys go away. Thank you for All right, buddy. for this. All right, man. Thanks for yeah. Thanks for having. Thanks for joining Tom and I on this episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time.